Morning, morning, morning. This is Pastor Jay with the Anointed Radio Show. And we're going to go ahead and get started, y'all. We're going to start off ways in decency and order. And we're going to come out of Psalm 16 and 8. And it reads, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You might go through some scary situations. You might go through some situation that you feel like you're hopeless, but God got your back. No matter how many people discredit you, no matter how many people leave you, despite how many people is not there for you, God at the end is always there with you. And we could give God some praise for that this morning, can't we? Because God is, is a a powerful God. He's an amazing God. And who can stand against you with God right with you? Like, if God's right with you, who can stand against you? Despite how many people try to bring you down, you got God. Amen? And I, I want you all to know is that despite your situation of finances, despite of your situation of any type of downfall that you might have had I want you to know God is about to restore you you're not struggling like real talk Kim would say you're not struggling you're transitioning to your next level amen Dev Father thank you Lord for this day continue to bless us continue to be with us thank you Lord for your lessons and, and, and your truths God continue to bless us with your wisdom God, we just thank you for everything that you're doing. We thank you for all the things that you're putting in place. God, continue to help us, bless us, and be with us as we come to you right now. Bless everybody under the sound of my voice from the top of their heads to the sole of their feet that something on this broadcast that would touch them either live or on the podcast. So, God, we just ask you right now to touch everybody listening. Let it be able to go forth. Let you be in the room of this broadcast so it could be able to be substance on the words that we say today. God, we thank you. We glorify you. We thank you for everything that you're doing. Enlarge our territory. And we say that all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen, everybody. This is Pastor Jay. And like always, I have something to say. You can find me at Instagram and Twitter at Anointed Jaylon. Anointed Jaylon, or you can find me at Pastor Jaylon Calhoun on Facebook. Come and get me, uh, get get with me, email me, prayer requests, anything that you might have any uh, questions about, things like that. Hit me in my DMs. Love to help you out. Um, another thing that I would like to say is Anointed Radio is going into award season, y'all. We got the Kingdom Image Awards coming up soon, where we have October, the weekend of October 10th to the 12th. Pastor Jay will be going to Columbus, Ohio. And you know, if I'm leaving Las Vegas, we're coming back with the award. Amen. So I want everybody to make sure you still go vote. They're still voting at the KingdomImageAwards.com. Go vote for Anointed Radio, best media outlet of 2019, y'all. And I want you to be able to go support it, all right? Go support Kingdom Image Awards, Great Image Awards. Got so many people in the running that is dope. So, 
that's really it, y'all. We're about to get into the mix. It's Sunday morning. I want y'all to know it is time for us to be able to give up, get our worship on. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and start with some William Murphy, same grace, y'all. See y'all in a minute. Vine, I know we're not supposed to sing this tonight, but I keep hearing this. And after all that I've been through, I've got a story to tell you. He wouldn't let the devil consume me. Because God knew he could use me. And God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for me, he'll do the same for you. God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for me, Cause he's giving you the same grace. God is giving you the same grace. God's giving you the same grace. I'm talking about that Daniel grace. Hey, same grace. Put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Tell him, God is What he's done for me, he'll do the same for you. God is no What he's done for me, he'll do the same for you. Cause he's given you the same grace. I needed to release that tonight. So some of you would understand that even though you are in the fire, the same grace that he gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is the same grace that God has given you. What is that, Bishop? What is that grace, Bishop? You're going to be in the fire, but when you come out, you won't smell like smoke. You're going to be in the fiery furnace, but when you come out, you won't look like what you've been through. God's given you the same. Tell them this. There's a grace on my life. 
last night. I ain't supposed to be singing it tonight, but I felt like somebody needed to hear it tonight.
used and abused Part of me felt like I was of no use My heart was broken, ripped into shreds I felt a sense of emptiness Began to embrace incompleteness Baba went my song Then you came alone Whispering I've been here all along You gave me reason You gave me reason to sing And a reason to dream
That was Kurt Franklin with Conquerors. That is a powerful track to know that you are a conqueror when you have God at your side. Amen. So we're going to go ahead into our interview phase and we have Miss Chiquita Andrews in the building once again, one more time, in the house. Everybody, Chiquita Andrews, y'all. Woo! I need a clap button. I swear I'm going to get that clap button one day. So, we're going to start off with our um, icebreaker question. Okay. All right. Icebreaker question number one and only. What is your favorite cartoon from your childhood? Well, the last time I was here, I said it was Tom and Jerry. Oh, I said this one already. <laughs> did. Wow. Why do I keep saying about cartoons? Scratch that. Let's go back. Why did, why did I keep saying that one? All right. That's weird. All right, so we're not going to talk about that one because you said Tom and Jerry from last time, and I was like, they don't even talk, so that's not even a cartoon. So let's go back. What is your favorite <laughs> book series? 
uh, from my childhood? Yes. It was the Babysitter's Club. I lightweight remember that. <laughs> yes, it was the Babysitter's Club. It was uh, um, it wasn't too hard of a read, but with everything that I was going through, I would literally just find a book, nice, thick sized book, and just go into my quiet place and read. And so, yeah, the Babysitter's Club had such a series, and um, that was my favorite. I can't remember it. <laughs> I'm thinking about Babysitter's. It sounds familiar. It was a group of teenage girls oh, yeah, going through it. various things in school. Yeah. Well, they had some boys, too. But um, they were going through things in school, just real-life situations. But not they a, was also babysitters to younger kids. That was definitely siblings. not my type of thing. <laughs> my type of thing was like West Side, I think it was like West Side School. It was that uh, school that every floor had something happening on it. it was, oh, yeah. And then, like, I had every Goosebumps ever made. Okay, I, I still was... do to this day where I pass it down to my kids. I had like the biggest goosebump collection. Every time that I saw that there was like a Scholastics mm-hmm. book fair, I said, oh, where them goosebumps at? <laughs> and yeah, goosebumps was my jam. Yes, so, I did like goosebumps too. And then there was this one book that was the most traumatizing book that was like goosebumps, but way scarier. It would scare me while reading it in the car. I remember that, like, as a kid, just remembering about how I was spooked. Um, and it was, like, different scary stories. And they had this weird, scary picture on the front of it. I can't remember the book, but I remember reading that, like, and they only made probably, about, like, four or five or six of them. But they were called, like, scary stories. And it would have, like, a scary face or a skull or something on it. And it was, like, very kid it was a kid story, but it was scary. Well, I mean, I imagine since it was so scary to you, I and still it was remember only about that, a couple that, books made because right. they were traumatizing kids. It, it did traumatize kids like that. Yeah. Like a dog that had been dead, but they got hair in their bed because they found the stray dog, and then they was like, how did the dog get there? And then your imagination just... Oh, my goodness. Like, And then they're like... My dog's been dead for twenty years, and, you, and you're like, "Whose hair is?" Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's that sounds very traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, and as a kid, your imagination—you already scary yes. as a kid. You're like, yes. oh, "Is the dog coming for me?" No, it's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can definitely see how that one was a very short-lived uh, series. Because I'm, and I'm glad we're speaking about books. Because let's talk about your book. Okay, let's talk. Your book was. A great read and I was able to finish it within a day I was I just went straight through it just was like alright I'm gonna finish the book because I want to read the book and see you know if I get through it right. and I got through it like and, and I was entertained into the book and I was like man this is crazy because right. I can relate right so first of all what's the title of your book for everybody that might be not listen that's listening to us now and they might be like what are y'all talking about so my book is called The Unbroken Train to Be Broken. So, that book, I want y'all to go get that book. We'll, we'll say the name of it again later on. Um, it really makes you relate. Yes. I feel like that's kind of like one of the things. And I think it helped. Uh, well, I'm not going to say I think. I think. I keep saying I think. I feel that it helps you identify your triggers. Yes. Because when I was reading it, I was like, okay, man, I've been through something like this. Oh, yes. I've been through something like this. Oh, that's crazy. Yes. 
I went through something like that, not exactly the same because I'm a guy and I had different experience, but being in that mindset. And I think right. that was something that you described very well is where you were putting people in your shoes and at yes. that moment. Yes. Can you elaborate a little bit? Okay, so when I've spoken with a lot of people, both women and men, they can relate to my story. And um, when we're going through something, sometimes we walk through it alone because we feel like nobody else has ever gone through it. So I was writing um, in such transparency to where uh, people can relate to my story, both men men and women. Uh, It's it's not very gender specific. Mm -hmm. But um, I wanted to make it where you can feel like you're walking in my shoes at the moment, but also um, it'd be a call to action for your own uh, events or traumatizing events or whatever it is that you've gone through. Um, Because right now, I believe at this moment, a lot of people are walking wounded. Mm. And because we're walking wounded, that's how we're missing um, relationships, healthy relationships. That's how um, things that are we call generational curses are carrying on because we're like kind of just surviving through mm-hmm. life as opposed to actually living life and then if we're ahead or are charged to somebody like a family or children or whatnot we're missing their their childhood or can't relate to something um, with them because we're still kind of trying to figure out and navigate our own lives and so when I was writing the book I was like I wanted to be where Somebody can realize where pain has started for them and then acknowledge if they've gotten help for it or not. Because, you know, in our community, um, the uh, black community where I was growing up, you know, a lot of us are told, don't, you don't need to go to mental health. If you go to mental health, something's crazy, something's wrong. So that comes, um, I guess the effects of it is self-medication, whether it be in the form of, pills, alcohol, sex, um, whatever, shopping, whatever. It you know, it to causes fill a it. void. Yes, and mm-hmm. we're trying to fill a void and you know, relationships are all wrong and we wonder why we're going through like ten, twenty, thirty traumatizing relationships. And it's like, well, why? You know, a lot of times we don't deal with the why. Well, you know what's crazy and I I've seen this growing up, is that some people get addicted to chaos because that's all they know. So they start attracting chaos. And then, you know, you hear that person say, well, I never find somebody that's just normal. I always get in the abusive relationship or the the argumentative relationship Mm -hmm. or the trauma. And it's always something, which is not normal. And I remember talking to you the other day about how a lot of us make things that's unnormal seem normal because that's all we knew. That's all we had. And, um, one thing that I think is the most traumatizing for a kid is to go through chaos and for them to speak out and say, this is not right. And then for someone to be like, no, this is how we live. This is it. Yes. Then you just told them and, and put it in there in, in language terms. Yes. It is okay to deal with chaos. It is okay to deal with drama. It is okay to chase after lies and gossiping. It is okay to deal with the abuse. And one thing that got me, you know, with me having... Uh, a daughter at home is that I'm the example of the man that she will look for when she gets older. Yes. 
and and that's and that was like okay so how i treat my wife is going to be dictating how she looks for somebody in her life and and i don't think a lot of people think about that because everybody's worried about them how they feel how what i'm going through and no one's thinking about what's the child observing going through yes seeing uh, Mm -hmm. feeling because sometimes we're we're building up broken people yes exactly um i saw a post a, a while back but um it was saying that a father is a daughter's first love and sometimes her first heartbreak and then for a son he's his first hero so you know we are functioning and we are trying to figure out our own lives as adults you know especially if we haven't recovered from our childhood right but we got children that are watching us and so we're subconsciously teaching them various forms of chaos and then wondering why they're acting out in school mm-hmm. or acting out when they're amongst other people. And you're like, I didn't raise you like this. And it's not a what you're teaching them um, intentionally. It's what they're watching when you're not in a, what you feel is not a teachable moment. And that's how you're interacting with either yourself or your spouse, how you're talking to them, how you're letting them talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, various Various uh, forms of communication comes non-verbally for children. And I think the biggest curse is don't do what I do, do what I say. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest truth or dare for me <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> so you telling me that you don't want me to do that, but you do it. Yes. Because kids aren't stupid. And kids are not going to sit there and think like how you think kids think like, oh, my God, princesses. No. They're thinking in their head, okay, you do it. They, yes. they know the basic logic yes. of which a lot of us need to go back to because we overcomplicate logic. Yes. And they say, okay, if you do it, then why wouldn't I do it? Exactly. And I think that's one thing that in, the, in our hurt we have to start working on with trying to shed off things from what happened in the past. Because it's easy to say, well, you got to forgive and forget. Okay, that's cool to say that. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, I I guess you could say deal with your problems head on, they're always going to linger. Yes. And, and your five basic senses will bring it back somehow. Yes. And I think that's crazy because I remember a while back, I smelled a smell mm-hmm. that was familiar to a smell of my childhood. And I could see my whole childhood apartment yes and it was like whoa i ain't seen this place because i remember as a kid i'll be like i'll never forget things i'll never forget things and then now i'm like nah i don't remember half that no (laughs) yes and it's like that is something i think a lot of kids look at because Mm -hmm. they're looking at what you're doing they're looking at how you cope with things because that's going to be you're the main number one example yes and we have to start thinking about the children not and keep thinking about self yes because you know a lot of times like what you were saying why the kid is acting out why is the kid you know going through all these things it's because like my grandmother would say he wants attention yes you so focus on you mm-hmm. you know and that's why what makes broken relationships makes your parenting off your friendships you can't never keep a friend because you got 50,000 friends because you can't you so worried about what you went through like you the only one in the world that went through yes your child is watching you like i wish you could care about what i'm going through right you know one thing that i've realized that's crazy is that most people don't ask 
a few of these simple questions. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And mean it. Yes. So that they can see what's happening. Yes. What are you thinking about? Mm-hmm. And why? Yeah. No, those questions might come out, but they are... Superficial? Superficial. They yeah. come out just to get a conversation or, or not... A, to fill that air, basically. It's just like, so oh, they can this is an awkward silence. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how are you doing? They don't really care to know how you're doing because... If you tell them genuinely how you're doing and it sounds off the wall and it's you're speaking from a place of hurt, they're not even equipped to help you deal with it. And um, But that shouldn't go for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, as you get older and more wise, hopefully, um, sometimes a lot of adults are stuck at the, the place mentally where trauma first happened as mm. a child. And so they don't know who to turn to where it is safe enough to tell how they really feel. Mm. And, and and especially the why factor. You know, sometimes the why factor is, is, is deep. Well, it's the why deep. factor goes is in layers because, yes. you know, why do this person smoke? Why do mm-hmm. this person drink all the time? Right. Why is this person so sexually active? Mm-hmm. Why is this person doing this and that and this and that? There's always a reason why. Yes. You know, and I think a lot of people just don't want to know mm-hmm. the reason why, because then it might uncover some things that they don't want to deal with at the moment. Yes. Or they don't want to admit. Because, you know, one thing that is the most scary thing for a parent is to know that something happened to your child that you didn't either know about or you were so focused on you that you couldn't see it. Right. And then they come and tell you later on this happened. And then you're like, well, I don't want to hear that because now I got to be like, I messed up. Right. And then a lot of people don't want to admit that Mm-mm. they messed up. They be like, "Well, I did the best I could." Did you really? Right, and I mean, at the time they probably did do the best that they could, but they could have did better. Right. Like a lot of times, I feel like we, people do bare minimum. Exactly. Sometimes mm-hmm. we do do the bare minimum, and we're like, "Well, you know, that's that's what I had." And it's like, okay, the bare minimum was not good enough for who you were in charge of. Like my bare minimum or whatnot. It might be different from our children. And I don't know if you've ever read The Five Love Languages. Yes. Okay, so even in that book, he's like, okay, learn your spouse. What is it that they like? What is it that they don't like? Um, What reaches you? What is your love language? What do you want your spouse to know? But we have forgotten our children. Well, what are our children? We got to meet our children where they're at. Right. And it's like, well, what do they like? What don't they like? What is their love language? For one of them, it could be buying um, buying them gifts and stuff like that. But the other one, if you have more than one child, it could be the fact that they just want to sit right beside you and read a book. Right. And we're missing it because we're like, well, that's not me. That's not my personality. But we want people to learn us. Mm-hmm. We want people to learn us. We want relationship with people who care genuinely about us. But we're in charge of, especially as parents, we're in charge of people that did not ask to be here. That part. It's like they didn't participate in them coming into this world. It was you and whoever you decide to participate with that brought this child into the world. Now right. their 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 well being, their health, their mental health, their happiness, their validation, everything is dependent upon you until you can or until they can do it themselves. That's why it takes a good eighteen years and some sometimes even further. 
to know who they are. Right. But if we're telling them, okay, just, you know, be quiet. I don't know if you've ever heard this very ignorant statement, but a child is there to be seen and not heard. Oh, I heard that on my life. Yeah. And then we wonder wonder why they grow up and they're snapping. Or they're just... Or hold everything in. Yes. Because it it don't matter if I tell people how I feel. But the sad part about it, they, they back that statement up, if you think about it is that a lot of kids, probably still to this day, you know, mm-hmm. I can't even fault myself. I have to analyze things I do as a parent. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I, I, I look at is this. When you sit and you talk about self, when your child is talking to you, well, I did this and well, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing what they're saying. So they are just not, they're being there and not being heard. Exactly. So you could talk or you could not talk and you still feel like you're not being heard as a child. Because I remember hearing that phrase, mm-hmm. even though I would get I would get whoopings because I didn't believe in that phrase. I thought that phrase was stupid because I'm like I have a mouth and God exactly. gave me a mouth to talk. And one thing that you know my grandmother always taught me is that speak how you feel because that is never going to change. No, it's not. Because how you feel on the inside, even though it might be misscrewed or from a level understanding, because mm-hmm. you might not understand what's happening in the situation, so you're right. perceiving it from your point of view, right. but you still speaking it makes it still real of how you yes. feel and how you can internalize things. Because mm-hmm. if you don't speak out, if you don't go and have those conversations, it's better to hold a conversation than to hold a grudge. Yes. And that statement is something that a lot of us have to come to grips with because we've been holding grudges with people that they didn't even know we had a grudge against yeah and then now we wasted how much time compared to fixing it Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people you know it's so funny i'm gonna say this i have to say this a lot of people want people to be real with them until somebody's real with them oh yeah Oh, man, I don't like lies. I don't like liars. Yes, you do. Because you want somebody to lie to tell you that they care. You mm-hmm. want them to lie. Because if somebody came and brutally said, okay, I don't care about that. Or, you know, told you, this is what you're doing doesn't make sense. Yeah. Everybody, it's like feedback is non-existent in this nowadays and age. You can't yes. give feedback to somebody that, because they'll think you're hating. Yeah. When it has nothing to do with them, because hating means that you're hating because either something could have benefited you. But if you're telling somebody, hey, you know, I'm going through this, blah, 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 and they give you feedback, like, I don't understand why you would even go through that. And right. as a friend, I would tell you, and one thing that I think that I've always thought about is that if I didn't care, I wouldn't say anything. Right. But you know, that comes with um, communication. Right. A lot of times we think communication is only speaking. We don't realize that communication requires more listening than it does speaking. Right. And then translating it back and forth to each other until there is common ground. Because sometimes when we're telling somebody what we're going through, they're like, okay, I don't understand why you're not doing this. And that's a huge thing in, in the abuse side of things. I don't understand why she hasn't left yet. I don't understand why he hasn't left yet. Or I don't understand this or that. And it's like, when it comes to trying to figure all of this out, the real reason why we don't understand it, and so it's like we miss that mark and just try to get try to get to fixing it. But sometimes it's not an easy or a simple fix. Sometimes right. it's it needs to be broken down, um, because when 
trauma like this is going on, you're only seeing the trauma anyway. So, like you said earlier, um, we were talking about not really knowing how to deal with certain things. That abuse aspect or anything, um, when it comes to chaos, when it comes to healing and being whole and peaceful, that is foreign and downright scary for somebody who's been through so much chaos. Right. Like, it's it's so scary. It's foreign. It's literally like speaking a foreign language. And a lot of people don't know how to navigate through that mm-hmm. because peaceful is, is calm and it's like, well, nobody's arguing. And a lot of times... Um, love is combined with that chaos. And that's what children are taught. It's like, okay, love is mixed in with this chaos. So when it comes to finding a potential spouse or, you know, friendships or stuff like that, like there needs to be some arguing and bickering and name-calling and gossip and drama for it to be a real thing in their minds because that's what they've been taught in the house. Right. Like a lot of what is going on in this world starts from in the home at toddler ages. That's it. That's it. At toddler ages and stages. Well, you know, the lowest form of communication is fighting. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always have to be physical fighting. It could be verbal fighting. Yes. And um, that's where you, I think that's where most people get that phrase if I don't understand it I don't like it. And, like, they go and they start arguing about it because, mm-hmm. first of all, people have to be on an open mind standpoint because everybody doesn't come from the same walks of life. So when you're hearing a story or you're hearing a situation, mm-hmm. that's why I say it goes back to, you know, how do you really feel? Right. Not to sh- Don't give me the, you know, the answer you want me to hear the the politically correct one (laughs) yeah no really how do you feel because i've even seen at funerals people don't ask that question anymore to care to actually help somebody because you don't know if that person will leave out that room and never come back yeah and that and and it's so many things that's happening there's so many mindsets that's developed based off drama drama trauma Mm -hmm. and things being not the way it should be Right. You know, and I think that's the thing going back to is just asking those questions why and being real about situations. Because if you're not a realist in a lot of situ- situations, you're playing. Oh, and, yeah. And, and there's a lot of people playing with people's lives. Like, if you're not telling them, like, you know what, I can help you, but this is the way I can help you compared to, oh, I could do this and this and this and this. And then when this person expects help and let's say mm-hmm. if there's anything you need could come to my house and then next you know you're running from your spouse with your kids and you're like I'm here here. and then they're like nah you can't come here I was just saying what what sounded nice it sounded nice yes and that's one thing that I think that even translated into the church oh yes because a lot of times people want to deal with the nicey nice but Mm -hmm. when it deals with people's situation and gotta actually like baby the situation and bring people through deliverance because that takes steps yes deliverance doesn't just happen overnight it takes steps it takes support it takes somebody being there you shouldn't be in a church organization i'm speaking that out out there and you feel by yourself no you shouldn't no you shouldn't and when it comes to being in the church 
Because that's in the book, too, just to let y'all know. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) A a very traumatizing situation in the church. And that's where a lot of people say they have dealt and experienced church hurt. And that's a very real subject. But, you know, to get past even just saying church hurt, a lot of times the church is not equipped to deal with real-life situations. Mm. And then we tell, you know, somebody to slap a prayer over it, or I'm going to pray for you. And then tell them go on about their business. See, it's more hands on if if if, if, if we put those situations like when I first came to church, I was like church for real. I've been to church, but I mean mm-hmm. on my own, going to church in attendance. I was about fourteen years old, mm-hmm. and I was dealing with a lot of past drama mm-hmm. that I probably couldn't identify then. But now, with my, how my actions were. Right. You know, people just, you can't just label people and say, oh, you just a troublemaker. You just oh, yes. this and you just that because you don't know their story of what they're going through exactly. and why they make the choices that they make. Exactly. So it's like when it comes down to people coming to the church, you have to know that you're taking on the burden to be a support system. Yes. And a support system doesn't always mean finance because there's people that go to churches and they use churches just to get a financial gain and then they leave. And I know there's a lot of people that's, that because there's people that's that's congregation hurt let's put it that way yeah because that a lot of people say church hurt let's talk about ministries that's congregation hurt (laughs) that they were there for certain people and they were right to die for those people and those people stabbed them 45 times in the back Mm -hmm. and then when it was time for a person that really needed it they yes. were so hurt they couldn't do it. Yes. So there's a big disconnect in the church where there's there's ministers that's preaching out of a hurt place, and yes. then there's congregation preaching out of a hurt place, and then everybody's hurt, and there's no common ground or communication. Yes. Because instead of really going on the word, people going by how they feel. Yes. They go on behind they feel or how they feel, and unfortunately. <laughs> Because of that, sometimes we've used even the Bible to keep people in bondage because we're speaking or teaching lessons out of the Bible from a broken perspective. Yes. And one of the biggest things that really grieves me at this moment is where people will tell another person, maybe a newbie in Christ, I'll say that, telling them, well, you're going through Oh, this is what you're going through is called abuse whether it's financial physical sometimes it's even sexual like a lot of people don't think that there's sexual abuse in marriages because oh that's your spouse oh that's a lie you mm-hmm. know <laughs> they're still a human being and you still should treat them a certain way but when it comes to this abuse I've seen even recently I think a couple of weeks ago where somebody was like you know because you married God hates divorce, so you can't divorce him even though he is abusive or she is abusive. And it's like now these people are miserable feeling like God is going to strike them dead if they decide that they want to divorce this particular person who is abusive to them. And it doesn't always have to literally be physical. you know, we, we have to get to the point of when did the blood get diluted? Right. Because, you know, a lot of people don't think about this. There's Bishop Keith Clark. I can't wait to get him on the show. He's broke it down. People talk about suicide. People talk about divorce. Mm-hmm. People talk about all these things, right? But there's people that do, like, like right now, if you're diabetic and you're eating all the sugar you want, you're killing yourself, right? Exactly. So you're going to go to hell for that? Let's talk about cigarettes. People smoke oh, yes. cigarettes. That's killing yourself. Mm-hmm. 
right before form, service that and then right a, after. That's a slow form yes. of suicide. Yes. Well, are you going to hell? See, it's, it's a lot of things that we yeah. have to stop. The Where is the building support and right. redemption to get people to go exactly. to have deliverance? Yes. Because everybody got to pass. Yes. I'm even... I'm working on a series talking about how before Jesus kneeled down, I could tell you right now, I bet you 10 to 20 people already left from that crowd when they were trying to stone mm-hmm. the woman who had adultery. Because you got to think about it. Everybody guilty about something. Always. You don't got to have a name for you to make somebody Always. think that, oh, he must be. Because nowadays, people, everybody has an insecurity where they're like, oh, they're talking about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, they're, they must be. They, you know, you see somebody laughing. They could be mm-hmm. talking about a joke. And they, as long, and they might be looking your way and telling a joke. Right. And you'd be like, oh, they're talking about me. Mm-hmm. It's an insecurity inside, which the devil feeds off of, where it's a, it divides people. But if you think about it, you know, when Jesus said, one without sin, throw the first stone. Because mm-hmm. you got to think about it. The crowd just disperse and drop stones like this. Right. Because and, they don't want to be stoned for that. And, you know, even going back real quick, when I was talking about the staying in the marriages, you know, God does hate divorce. That's what the Bible is clear about. But God doesn't hate divorcees. Like, if we, the, the church is his bride, we're the people in the church. God loves us. And, you know, we need to know that. Right. And our our perception of God sometimes is stemmed off of our reaction with our natural fathers. So if you had a very traumatic experience with your birth or biological father or a father figure in your life, we kind of convey our experience as to who God is. And we feel like God is going to do to us what our natural or biological fathers or, or whoever has done to us. And it's it's sad because we're missing out on who God really is and his genuine love for us because we're comparing it to something that physically or tangibly that has happened to us. I could tell you right now, a lot of grounds that we hold marriage on, we don't even know the concerning of marriage no. when it comes down to the Bible, yes. what the Bible says. And I read this. My sister and I, we have our little Bible studies. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this in a previous show, but I have to bring this back up because it's perfect that you said that. You know, it talks about principles of marriage in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's not talking about, you know, love is sweet, love is kind. Because first of all, that wasn't about marriage. (laughs) I want people to know that. The scripture that you say at weddings that everybody then memorized was not talking about anything about marriage it was talking about loving the person that transgressed against you they was talking at that time about Mm -hmm. the romans who imprisoned paul and the christians came to kill every uh guard to save paul because it was like they didn't did you wrong and he said as a christian you should love because love is what because if you if you love thy neighbor because he was breaking it down love thy neighbor as you love thyself Mm -hmm. and and they're like well love why i love you well if you love me. Okay, love is sweet. Love is kind. And he broke down what love is so that you could understand right. that you shouldn't be in here trying to kill this man because I'm in pr- bondage in prison. Right. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right. In 1 Corinthians, the whole chapter of 7. Okay. Explains to you about all of marriage. From single, from engaged, from if you have to let them go. Mm-hmm. We've taken, because everybody that I've heard so many scriptures, I think that's what made me such a theologian was when I was growing up, I heard so many people 
misrepresent the Bible. And then I would go read yes. the same thing and be like, that's not what it says. Yes. Or that's not the understanding I got. Maybe I was that controversial teenager that was like, okay, well, you're saying this, but if I look in the concordance and look in the Bible and look in the, in the study notes and uh -huh. Jeremiah notes and the Matthew notes and uh -huh. all those different things, it doesn't mean that. So yeah. if, and one thing that I think is something that we have to stop doing is start seeing these seeing as quick help oh yeah because quick help is saying well stay in your marriage mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. quick help is saying well god obviously wouldn't let this happen if it wasn't happening so you have to have this baby have this baby yeah but the thing that i'm saying is everybody goes through stuff yes and you're going to deal with the things that you put yourself into Yes. I was always the radical one. Yes. I. People say abortion is bad. Well, guess what? Pastor Jay's that one. Um, people said, you know, about a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. But I coming from, see, the I felt really bad for the kids grew up in church. Yes. Because that's all they saw. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing real life situations compared to just being in church because then you start mixing the two and then you start getting so confused and feel like you can't say nothing then something happens because one thing that i've always seen before i went to church i was the outsider in church mm -hmm. and then i was in church right um was i saw people forgive that was yes. my main thing oh man this lady was a prostitute man this lady was a, a, a thief this lady was this or this person was this and that and right. the church was here to be like i'm gonna help you i'm gonna build you up i'm gonna give you that new assignment you right. got a job there's there's organists there's there's choir directors there's ministers deacons that if you knew their story you would be like how you in church right but that's what church was for yeah yeah but we have to understand that everybody has a past and right. what their past, whatever happened in their past is a lot of times what happens in their process of thinking yes. and how they deal with things, coping with things, mm -hmm. what they process and eliminate and things like that. Right. So I think that's something that's really big when it goes into wondering why as a child you went through certain things mm -hmm. with you know, a adult, a person that as a kid, you say, you're an adult, you should know better, you should be better, you should be guiding me, right. you should be helping me. How can you be as petty as me? How can you have mm -hmm. mistakes like me? Because that's what kids think. I'm right. so honest. If you think your kid doesn't think that, it's because he's, he's not old enough to be able to tell you. Yes. If there's a situation that he's he or she is like, that didn't make no sense and you're an adult. <laughs> yes. So we have to understand that you're abuser there was a reason why he became an abuser yeah because most abusers sorry to say was the abusees yes that's just the like ones that were most bullies abused. Mm -hmm. most bullies were bullied yep and i think we have to start analyzing where where that comes from because then like if you read in the book you start understanding people or who they are Yes. Instead of what you think they are. Yes. Because that's a very dangerous assumption yes. to, to think who they are. This this person is this, this, this. And actually see them for what they are and who they are right. actually. And that comes with a level of maturity where, number one, if you say you're going to forgive somebody, then that's learning practical steps to forgiving them. Not just saying, I forgive so-and-so for doing what they did. 
And then every time you have a memory, either triggered by, like you said earlier, a smell. Sometimes it can be music. For me, it's music because mm-hmm. I've always listened to music. At one point in time, I literally had to stop listening to music because it translated a, a certain traumatic experience. But when it comes to all these senses or or whatnot, that's where you start going to, That's well, that's why I advocate for mental health. Go see a therapist, somebody who can help you break down the past. Right. But break it down and get an understanding about it. And it's okay to go. It doesn't yes. make that label that we've put on people have stopped or killed a lot of people. It's killed because, a lot of people. Because we have to get to a point of understanding it's okay to get help. It is. It is. You go when you're at you know, when you're sick you go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. If your brain is having so much stuff it's overloading your emotions can't tie it in your brain no don't know what synopsis to snap because guess what it's just all over the place yes you need to be able to go get help for that and yes. it doesn't label you it doesn't put you as you're crazy or nothing it help it shows you that you're smart enough to care about your mental health so that you don't pass that same sickness yes. of mental health to your own children yes which you would not want you didn't want it passed to you, and it's understand. But guess what? Your time has came and gone, and you've moved on to have children. Yes. Now focus on how can you be a godsend or a help or a difference for the next generation. Exactly, and yeah, definitely go for help. Get get help. <laughs> it is perfectly okay. Um, even though some people say it's a weakness, that is actually a huge level of strength that is shown and displayed in going to get health. Because, again, the mind is such a beautiful muscle that is underutilized and abused. Right. And that is what literally gets us through the day to day. And, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm, I'm thankful for my mind. But are you really thankful for it? Like, let's really be thankful for it. Let's start treating it a lot better because... As women, a lot of women I know, our nails are done, our, our hair is done, our display looks amazing, and our minds are jacked up because we're carrying a load right. of pain. And then we've learned coping mechanisms that, you know, sometimes are potentially dangerous because we're coping enough to run to the next person or run to the next person or run to the next thing or run to the next this or mm-hmm. run to the next that. But we're not dealing with what deals with us at two o'clock in the morning. Right. When we're sitting there or laying down or in our bed, balled up in a fetal position, crying about something that we can't figure out what's going on. Or we're now trying to recover from our hundredth heartbreak because we are trying to fill a particular void with a person, place, or thing. And it's not working. Sometimes it could be schooling and everything like that. Now we got school and the weight of school combined with still this broken heart and this broken girl or Mm. whoever it is that we've been carrying for so long. And I think that's another thing, too, because one thing with abuse, and I guess we could kind of end on that, Mm -hmm. is you have to start realizing you got to love yourself before you try to go rush to somebody else. And I feel like that's a very toxic thing that a lot of us do because we don't know how to deal with ourselves because if we have to deal with ourselves and like Michael Jackson said look at that man or woman and the woman (laughs) and be like man I ain't looked at myself in forever Mm -hmm. and because I I tell people all the time you got you got to start having self-love before you try to give any type of love because how can you love somebody if you don't love yourself yes 
And then for people to know what self-love is, research it. If you don't know, it is is not going on shopping sprees. It's not going to the spa. It's not eating too much. Yes, it's not your favorite things. No, self-love is when you look at your, your past and you say, self, I forgive you for this. I forgive you for the mistakes you made. I forgive you for walking into something that meant harm for you. I forgive you for doing this. Like, I've had to tell myself I forgive me for being in certain situations or doing certain things because at the time I didn't know better. Right. But now I'm learning and growing. And so that's that's where the self-love comes into play. Get help. Like, what is it that you've gone through? Or, or just... In the past three to five years, what is something that just keeps on repeating itself? Mm. Start there. What what keeps repeating itself in your life? And then if you just journal, journal, write it down, you go back and read it, and you're like, okay, I didn't realize I was going through something, but apparently I was. Take that to a therapist because a therapist can help break this stuff down mm. for you. And then you can actually start getting to roots of things because then they will start thinking of things um, to help you trigger, remember certain uh, patterns in your past. Right. And that's where breaking all of this down to you, you can actually start uprooting things. And that's how that self-love begun, begins to come into play because for somebody like myself, um, love was not displayed. And that was since I was... A very young girl I was a very little girl and it might have been their form of love but it wasn't the love that I needed and so when it comes to self-love especially as an as an adult you have to literally break down the past the patterns or whatever it is so you can stop self-destructing in the form of a new relationship or in the form of a new job or a form of new schooling or whatever it is well you know um just thinking about what you're saying, I think the, one of the steps of self-love is non-expectation and dealing with really you what you have. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we expect at this age I'll be this, and this age yes. I'll be do that, and, and this and that, and, I, and they rush to yes. do this. They rush to do that. When it's like God gave you time. Yes. Not a lot of times. So Not take a forever. lot. But if you you have time to sit back and be like, all right, this is what I'm doing today. This is how I'm yes. figuring. Yes, I might be 30 and I still don't have a clue. Yes, I might be 40 and still don't have a clue. Yes, I might be 50 and still not have a clue. Whoever, whatever age break. But it's never too late because you're still alive. Exactly. And everybody's journey is not the same. There you go. So don't look in because com- comparison will kill. Comparison is is the biggest killer and insult to who God made a person to be. Correct. We compare ourselves a lot of times to somebody that we feel we should be in their spot, but we don't know what it cost them to get there. They right. might have learned the lesson early, and we're still learning the lesson a bit later. So no matter where you are in the journey, it is it's perfectly okay to stop and hit the reset button and doing some, some real reflecting with that man in the mirror or woman in the mirror to start getting where you truly desire to go because you don't want to get to a place and then you lose it after you've gotten there because you got it wrong. Like right. that that's that whole microwave mentality type thing. No, let, let's put some seasoning and put it in the oven and let's let it cook properly so, so that way when you get to a place, you can sustain it. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of times we get to a place and we fall very ungracefully back down to the bottom because we either tried to take shortcuts or we didn't learn the lessons behind it. So then we didn't know how to keep it. Mm. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and end on that note. Where can we find your book and information, Miss Chiquita? My book is on my website at www.chiquitaandrews.com. Amen. We thank you for coming on one more time. And to kind of give an announcement, exclusive, Shakita has joined the Anointed Radio Network Yay. team. Amen. So she will definitely be here. She's part of the background to making everything work. She is our new office manager to be able to help with our team and different teams across the network. So definitely welcome you here and we Thank appreciate you. you for coming on board and go get her book. Her book is a great read. Like it will, it will help you identify a lot of things. It'll help you be able to understand more things, seeing it from a different person's uh, perspective. Because, um, like they always told you in the military, you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. There's somebody in basic training that's ready to replace you in your same situation. Yes. So it, it, it deals with the same thing. There's, you're not the only one. There's somebody else that's been through it that you just replaced them in their same situation. Yes. But there it was a way out. Um, the one thing like I always tell people with suicide, with the whole suicide awareness is that if you Google somebody with your exact same issue, you'll probably find hundreds of stories, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of stories. Yes. Because you're not the only one. You're not the only one going through it. You're not the only one who's been through abuse. You're not the only one. One thing I can say is God wants you to stop having a pity party and start living. Yes. Because he has so much for you, but you're holding yourself back because of some things that you went through. And guess what? You ain't got to deal with the person that that did that to you. God's already going to. And the way yes. that God could do it is way better than any way you can try to do it. Because the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. That's what the word says. So we have to understand that. We have to let that those things go. It ain't for you to take vengeance. It's not for you to sit there and hold a grudge and do that. Know what you went through. Know who you are. Know who the person is. And be realistic about your situation. Mm-hmm. And start living. Because some people are on autopilot like that movie Click. And Mm -hmm. then they're going to really finally wake up and be like, how did I miss so much life? So much. So definitely say stay prosperous on moving forward and moving forward health healthy. And if you don't know how to move forward, I definitely say seek help because help is on its way. And definitely don't label yourself where it comes down to I don't know about going to see somebody about mental health it's important to pray on it pray that the right person comes yes. and then go to that and see how it goes and and, and we spend a lot of money because I, I, I hear I hear it well they, they expensive they like $40 per session well guess what you spend a lot of money on your habit you yes. spend a lot of money on unnecessary things mm-hmm. because you're just trying to fill things i know people that go on shopping sprees and never use anything they bought on the shopping spree yes use that money to actually better you and invest you to figure out who you are what you like and what you're meant to do but with that being said clitus there you go took a minute though well that is it for anointed radio 
can definitely catch us now. Oh, special announcement. Forgot to say, we are now on Radio.com. Yes. We are partnered with Intercom with their Radio.com platform. You could be able to now hear all shows from Anointed Radio on Radio.com. So check us out on our podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, all the good stuff. And one thing I want to let I would like to leave you today is I challenge you today to live. Live truly to your meaning. Because the devil doesn't attack anybody without power or purpose. So if you know you've been attacked and going through hell and hot water, it's because the devil got a glimpse of your future that you didn't know about. Mm -hmm. But it's your duty to figure out who you are so that you can know why you're going through it. Because everything that you're going through is for a reason. So this is Pastor Jay. And like I always say, I'm praying for you. I believe in you. And I got love for you. See y'all next week.